This is Channel 253. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We We fly fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two. Interchangeable. White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Our essential question today is how does rape culture hurt everyone and how is the political climate shifting to support survivors and hold abusers accountable? So first, I think we should start with what the heck is rape culture? What is this term? It's really intense every time I hear it and makes me cringe, which I think is fitting. But Annie, can you talk a little bit about that? what that is, yeah, where I think that comes from. People have like, like, regardless of your background or whatever's happened to you, that the term rape is really upsetting to people. And it should be really upsetting to people because it's like, it's horrible. Um, so when I think about rape culture, I think about it as um, some um, social conditions that either um, make rape in- invisible or trivialize it in order to mask its like effect on communities or um on individuals so we think about like rape culture is not just that there are people in the world who are assaulting women or raping women um it's mostly most most survivors of sexual assault or sexual violence are women Mm -hmm. um just to clarify um or female identified people but that rape culture is really like those assaults are happening and then our society is either actively or by omission um, trying to make them to minimize them so that um, that victims aren't heard or survivors aren't heard. So rape culture is not just like the actual act of someone people being assaulted, but it's also like the ignoring that it's happening and looking the other way. And isn't part of it? It's from my understanding. So it's the assaulting, but isn't also like the harassment that's part of that yeah. system? Yeah, that leads because rape these... culture is not just about rape. It's also about like street harassment is part yeah. of rape culture too. So that if you are taking women, um, objectifying them, treating them as objects, and then um, minimizing their experience or their pain when they say like, "Hey, you hurt me," like, "Oh no, I didn't like that didn't happen," right? Not believing victims is part of rape culture. Also, hmm. um, that all of these kind of ac- um, actions are are part of a bigger problem of not believing survivors mm-hmm. and not um, giving them the space to heal. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times they're denied the kind of time they need to to heal from the things that have happened to them, like the trauma that's happened to them. Well, isn't part of it like just the attitude of of move on, right? Like yeah. get over this trauma yeah, that you've, you've had. You've been hurt by something. Now feel better. Yeah. Right? And I wonder how much of that's like – just part of the system that we have where we often tell women to like hurry up and get over it or people yeah. that are victims. Of well, I see this. I see society. sort of parallel terrible advice in like when people are grieving when they've lost someone yeah. that they love, like, Oh, like, aren't you, aren't you like doing better now? Like, aren't you okay? Like grief takes a long time to process. Right. Um, mm-hmm. this, it's a, just kind of another type of trauma that you can't expect people to be better right away when they've had something really horrible happen to them. So, yeah, I think part of just for our audience, like part of the reason we wanted to talk about this today uh, is it seems really timely. Totally. So, I mean, even yeah. in the next before we release this episode, there might have be things that we were talking about today that have changed. There totally uh, will. It seems like every day on the yeah. news in the last couple months, it's just like between hashtag me too and all of these yeah. accusations that are coming out and like uh, 
there's some crazy things going on. Yeah, so I think the, the reason we even felt like we should talk about this is that of how this is interesting. I've heard this described like by other, you know, by other folks in podcasts and by um, I've read this on Twitter. But like as this feels like kind of like a time of reckoning hmm. where there are people are being called to task on like you did these things and you need to explain yourself um, where that a year ago that maybe wouldn't have happened hmm. and i don't know what is different i think it's that we have a maybe a sex offender in the white house or like i don't really know you what it that's, is you think that's the reason why i think it's, it's part now? of it i think that people are more are listening to women more and being like okay yeah we totally like we believe you that that happened like i just i'm not but i'm not sure why like the political climate now is that like people are actually i don't know actually listening maybe i'm not sure what do you think I don't know. The hard part I feel like is I don't know that people are necessarily listening because I still feel like there's a lot of uh, folks that are just like, well, that was a long time ago. Oh, well, yeah. um, these aren't really that big of a deal issues. Right. So I've been thinking a lot about that power dynamic. So who tends to fit the profile for offenders? Who tends to fit the profile for having the power to commit these actions over and over and over again? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, the example that has come up lately. I teach civics and so, mm-hmm. or some, uh, government. So I, the example we've talked about, actually students have brought them up in class. Like what, um, you know, about politicians, mm-hmm. right? Cause we talk about political culture and like, you know, what's it, you know, what, how our system works and why do some people who have more power get away with things, mm-hmm. right? So we've been talking about these scandals with politicians and the example that keeps them coming up is Roy Moore, mm-hmm. who's running for Senate in Alabama. And you know, I, I believe that this will air before the election in Alabama, which is December 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one to watch because he has been accused by m- many women of um, sexual misconduct. Um, but the thing that added layer of garbage on that situation is that all of his accusers um, have said he did this to me when I was a teenager and he was in his 30s. So the other yeah. layer of that is not just sexual assault. It's like like child molestation and yeah. like endangerment of like children and like yeah. yeah you may say like teenagers are not children but like they are kids right like I read one of his justifications was like well I had asked their moms yeah which I'm like what that's yeah. your rationale oh, yeah. for why it's okay his you other creepy class- 30 some year old yeah and I'm 35 so I'm yeah. like I'm thinking about people my age right? who are like hitting on teenagers yeah. hitting on freshmen in high school like yeah. it doesn't matter if you're what like yeah. there's so many problems on so many right levels. and then his other one that was just blew my mind was he was like, well, um, Mary was a young virgin and Joseph was a was an oh, older I did not man, hear that he and said that. you know they birthed Jesus. And he neglected to mention that um, that that Mary, like he may have not even said she was a virgin. He may have just said she was a teenager. But like that was immaculate conception. Like yeah. I mean, even if you like use that as yeah. an example, it's like Roy Moore. No, that's There's, not like cultural norms are totally different today than they were before. I mean, could you argue that this is like oh, it's a cultural thing? But the no, guy's not I even that think old. So. Yeah, especially since like like he's not that old. And, and like, in the United States, like yeah. our laws about this kind of thing, right? And like, do you know how hard it is to get eighty six from a mall? <laughs> this guy Roy Moore yeah. was was asked not to co- not to go to a local mall in Alabama because he he was a prosecutor at the time, or I think he was a like county prosecutor at the time, and he or something, um, and he was harassing teenage girls. He was, he, there was a special, there was a police officer who her whole special assignment was to make sure that he stayed away from what? high school cheerleaders at high school football games. So she just followed The whole around. town knew about That's his so harassment of teenagers. And like all, all these women are coming forward now and being like, yeah, he totally assaulted me in a car. He totally assaulted me in a dark alley. And like no one, like people aren't believing them, but I don't know. 
So when you think of like some of the other names that kind of have come out in the last few weeks or month, mm-hmm. um, what are some other things that you know about these offenders? You know, the thing that kind of one that actually really hit me really hard in a weird way was um, Louis C.K. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was weird for me because I remember That's thinking recent. like I, I've always really I, I there's certain jokes he's told that I have not enjoyed. Because over the last few years, he's gotten darker and darker in terms of, like, talking about things like assault um, mm-hmm. and rape and, like, mm-hmm. making jokes out of those. And I'm just like, um, that's not really, like, that is not funny. Um, but there are points in his career where I was like, Louis C.K., very funny, right? Yeah. Um, he's – I don't know. And then you think about, like, the kind of people who become comedians, like, what was going on with Robin Williams near the end mm-hmm. of his life? Like, he was incredibly depressed, right? And he was he was always, like, had um, serious mental health issues, right? But, like um, – the kind of dark things that people hide behind yeah. when they do comedy, for example. Um, and Louis C.K., for him, it was that he's a creepy flasher and, like, shows people his, his penis. And it's like, what? Yeah. Why well, did you so do that? It's especially, like, with his case, um, I've liked his comedy because I think I, I appreciate that he's, like, I don't know, edgy's a stupid word, but well, I appreciate uh, that he's always pushed the envelope, right? Yeah. He challenges to think differently. There's some amazing interviews where he's talking about that work. And some of the stuff is, like, super offensive, but I also think there's an interesting role of, like, comedians and satirists in our society to force us to be uncomfortable to think about yeah. things in it way and so like even though i'm like i don't like that abortion joke or that rape joke or whatever i also am like okay i, I kind of understand where you're coming from in that yeah, sense right. and so i appreciate that so then to hear this nonsense it's like well why am i surprised because it seems like there are so many people that this stuff is coming out about um it also to me points to the complicated nature of people yeah. right and then we always have this like hindsight is 2020 isn't that the saying yeah we're like oh did we see along the way that they were a creep did right. we see along the way and it makes me wonder like about the women who are coming out about their experiences with him, I I wish that that had stuff had come out earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And so thinking about how his career would be different, or like our relationship with him and his career would be different. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of thinking about those implications, and yeah. it makes me really sad, but also like, dude, shame yeah. bell you, you know? Yeah. Like, so you're shame boom, on shame on you. All the other words I want to say. Yeah, are shame not on you for making me laugh for all those years, and then then having a total about face and being just an a hole. Yeah. Like, why did you betray me, Lucy K? You could have been a good guy, but instead you were a creepy flasher. Yeah. So there's two. I'm not even about... a flasher. Like, just like a, like, like what, well, a, what a jerk. Masturbating. In, in front, front of people of, who yeah. don't, who have not given their consent to be masturbated in front of. Yes. Unacceptable. No. Unacceptable. Key consent there. Um, so I've been interested in, like, two responses to him in the last week or so. Um one is Aziz Ansari. So mm. he was like his understudy yeah. and uh, has been really outspoken about issues against women yeah. and assault and like the creepiness of dudes and society and dating. Like there's yeah. Aziz has some amazing Aziz. We're such good friends. Yeah. Um, Aziz <laughs> has some amazing bits about like how creepy dudes are yeah. and like why send penis pics and like all that yeah. kind of stuff and how like r- dudes are nasty. So like, yeah. no. Uh, so he has all that. And then I guess recently he and we'll link to this in the show notes, but he was interviewed and they asked him about it It was like the day after louis ck these assault uh, charges had come out yeah and uh and he was silent he's like i'm not gonna talk about it and he wouldn't talk about it and so a lot of people have criticized him about that and 
Um, whether it's like, man, you're not speaking up about it. You know, yeah. how, how hypocr- hypocritical of you to not be speaking out against this thing you were spoken about before. Um, there's talk of like, does that mean you're covering for your own issues? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, have you done this and you're a hypocrite, too? And we don't we just yeah. don't know about it yet, yeah. which is super concerning. Yeah. Right. On the other hand, part of me, like I was reading, I went this like spiral through some articles about it. Yeah. Um, his. Do you ever watch Master of None? I, I started watching the first season and I didn't finish it. It's so good. Uh, it so is good. Second season is really good too. And in the second season, he is on this cooking show with yeah. this dude, right? That's yeah. his partner. And they travel the world and they do this like cooking stuff yeah. together. Anyway, on this in that season, that guy who's his mentor and his boss and who paid for the show, that guy turns out to be a creep. And, like, sexually harasses and assaults women, too. And so in the show, he gets called out on, like, another cooking show. There's, like, all these layers. And I think that's so Raven. What's her name? Um, Raven Simone. Yeah. She's, like, the one on the show who, like, challenges him. And then he's like, ah! And then he gets also accused of being a creep as well. Okay. Because he gets lumped on with this person who's a creepy assault. Because he's refusing to To, um, to to deny it. To deny it and to, like, stand up for people who are being hurt by his person who he trusts. So to me, it's, like, all the layers. And I kind of look back and I go, did he know about it along the way? Or, like, did he have inclinations? And so that was, like, written in the show? Or is that just me adding Did he he even write it, like, not even thinking, like, this is happening but knowing it? Well, it was almost like a subconscious, like. Like, this happens out there. Yeah. And, but then it was happening right in his like in his life with somebody trusted Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. yeah and I think about like how do men respond to other men Mm -hmm. when you like when your bros are being gross or being harassers or being like rapey how do you how do you what do you do right because I feel like there are good guys in this world there are good guys who don't harass people right like that's an obvious fact like but how, like, how do those good guys react to the not good guys who are their friends? Like, what do I they think do? that's the biggest piece, right? So, like, you should speak out about it, and then you're also a product of what's happening. So, the condoning of it, mm-hmm. the accepting of it, the being like, it's not that bad, or like, oh, you know, what making shades of the assault, yeah. right? Like those kinds of things. Well, that's part of the rape culture too, is like mm-hmm. minimizing or trivializing people's experience to make it go away. Like, yeah. oh, it's not happening. It's not as bad as you think it is. So in the Louis C.K. situation, um, I haven't seen Aziz come out with anything. And maybe when this is released, they'll be he'll have I fingers crossed, right? Yeah. Um, but Sarah Silverman is interesting because she also worked with him really closely. And yeah. she uh, did an interview where she said, look, like, it's complicated. I love him because of these things that I learned from him. And he's a good guy in these areas. Yeah. But also what he do- did is a problem. Yeah. And so she was very clear about it. And I kind of wonder, like, I mean, Sarah, Sil- it's Sarah Silverman, right? And she's yeah. sometimes able to delve into things that the rest of us can't really. Yeah. Um, but I was really appreciative of the fact that she was so bold about both those things. Like, yeah. friend, I learned stuff, and this is a problem. Yeah, because you this can be two wrong. things at once. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, you could all, you could be a good guy sometimes and then also also masturbate in front of women without their consent. That could, prob- that could be a thing. That could be yeah. two layers of who you are. And, like... Um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be called to task for the thing, the crappy things you've done that have hurt people. Like just because that good, that good guy side doesn't excuse the bad guy side. Mm-hmm. It doesn't balance out like some kind of like mm-hmm. some kind of scale. Like it's not how it works. Like I don't know. What do you think about like Kevin Spacey and some of these other folks? You know, that... it's so interesting about Kevin Spacey. Like because he's another guy who I just like. I was like, wow. First of all, first things first. I. Um, Used to really like Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. a lot. He's such a good. He's actor. a really talented mm-hmm. actor. Um, other thing, I um, he's gay, or at least bisexual. I think um, I don't know his like identity, but like for me, seeing gay people who are famous doing horrible things, mm-hmm. I'm like, 
you're ruining it. Like I like as a as a queer person, I'm yeah. like you're do. Like, it's kind of like the mayor of Seattle who was just deposed, um, was yeah. just like accused of um, sexually assaulting underage like boys who were in like I mean in his care. Like things are just completely horrible, right? Like for shame. Um, gay people assault people too. Yeah, I I completely I, that is a fact that needs to be said. But like when someone in your group that you affiliate with does something terrible, you're like, why are you wrecking it? Why are you Why are you making everyone look bad? Because here's the thing. For years and years and years, people were like, gay people are in America. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's bring back all those, like, stereotypes about how gay people are child molesters and horrible uh, human beings. Um, and that's just, like, it really, honestly, it's all part of that big narrative of, yeah. like, gay people are gross. Yeah. It's people who commit sexual assault are gross. That means that they're part of the same kind of same category. Yeah, and that's why we're going to hell in a handbasket. Straight that. to hell. But if you look at the profile, so one of the things I think is interesting, like look at the profile of all these men, right? Like yeah. commonalities, white dudes, white dudes, white, white uh, positions of power, so much power, right? Um, some of them tend to be older, but I think that started. We're as more people are coming forward, yeah. we're discovering that it's not just yeah, it's age-wise. not just older dudes. There's actually an amazing article by the New York Times where they are posting like. Um, updated list and it's super creepy but it's also um, really interesting to me so it has like the date that they were like revealed or people have come forward yeah and then it tells you a little bit about the person and then there's a category that says accusations so it's very clear about like sexual harassment including grabbing unwanted kissing and making comments about physical attributes like it's that that detailed yeah which I think is also important to kind of think about the specifics and then there's a category that says the fallout so like what have been the consequences for them and then the far side is like their response to the situation and it's super interesting because some of them are like i really want to apologize um other dudes are like "Eh, i behave badly well Um, and like louis ck's apology wasn't he never said sorry uh it wasn't actually an apology that was like his apology was like i you know a lot of these women are upset because i'm famous and i'm talented and good at my job yeah or the guy from tesla what's his name jervitson i don't know how to say his name right Stevie, um, yeah. basically, he was like, "Let's be clear; these aren't true." And so there, there's lots of people that yeah. are still denying them. Well, and then the Roy Moore case in Alabama, <laughs> there are a bunch of people down in Alabama who are like, "Well, you know what? He may be a sex offender, but he's still a Republican." Yes. Okay. So how do you so, feel about that particularly? I mean, I know you're liberal leaning. Uh, yeah, yeah. That is in true. Terms of um, like political moves, like it's a good like, political move. I don't think it is a good political move because even people in the Senate have said, like, if he is actually elected, we're going to take action, like disciplinary action, against him once he's elected. Wait, how? What? How? Because the Senate can de- they can kick out members Wait, of the Senate. Wait, so cool story. You're elected. We now have a Republican. Yeah. But then now I'm going to hold you. You can get forced get out. Like yeah, the party out. can force. But the thing is, like Kellyanne Conway, that doesn't make everybody's sense. favorite um, yeah. crypt keeper. She <laughs> came out and said, um, "Oh well, you know, we really want the votes for that tax bill in the Senate." And it's like, what? Really? Like, what are you willing to put aside? Like, that's so morally reprehensible. Yes, this person who has been accused by, like, six, six, seven women of, like, sexual misconduct, right? Um, and I believe victims, so I'm like, yeah, he did those things. Like, that is that is true. And people in the town he lived in knew he was doing those things and were, like, actively ignoring them for yep. decades, right? Yep. Um, the fact that, like, she says, yeah, we need those votes in the Senate, so we'd really like for him to get elected. It's like... What do you, you look the other way, right? You can't look the other way. Like, you have to look right at the problem because there are folks in Alabama who are saying, well, you know, the alternative is a Democrat. And we'd much rather have a creepy, 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 creepy guy in the Senate than to have um, an otherwise competent person who's from the party we disagree with. Like, to me, that's like, like, if it, 
It's kind of like the race for Sher- King County Sheriff. I don't know if mm. you followed that at all because you live in Pierce County, but um, I don't. I got but I got to go call. ahead and line us. Well, I got to call because <laughs> it was um, um, John Urquhart was running against Mitz- Misty Johanknick. Um, and Mitzi, Misty. Yeah. Oh, Mitzi. Misty. Misty. Okay. Johanknick. I just remember her last name is Johanknick, which is okay. fun to say. Keep going. Um, but they were running against each other and. I got this call back in like August and they were like, hey, uh, they ran against each other. She won. Anyway, fun story. Um, he, the, I think it was her campaign was calling to say like, hey, um, to ask me a bunch of questions. It was like a kind of like a, the term we use in um, government, studying government is like a push pull because they were asking me oh, lo- yeah, loaded questions yeah. about, they were asking me loaded questions about the candidates. And they asked me like, if you knew that John Urquhart had been accused of sexual assault or sexual misconduct by members of his staff and he paid money to have them be quiet about it, would you still elect him? Like it was those kind of questions that are really loaded. And I was like, oh no, I wouldn't. And then I did more research about John Urquhart and he actually had been like accused of sexual misconduct. And so it's one of those things that like, if you, if you knew about this stuff, why wouldn't you oppose that person? Like if you knew that they were doing something horrible, why wouldn't you say, I don't want to vote for them? Mm-hmm. But people are still saying, well, you know, they're so entrenched in their political ideologies that they're like, well, he's a Republican, so it's fine. Well, so this kind of makes me think that, I mean, particularly in our current climate, we have a problem, right? So, like, we're yes. getting more polarized. We're getting I – don't, I don't know if it's, like, one-issue voting, but, like, so your one issue is having a Republican in the House, right? Yeah. Or your one issue is abortion. Your one issue is this other thing. Yeah. And, like, while I can respect, like, people holding firm to, like, their one issue, I think, you know, that's really – that can be really powerful, right? At the yeah. same – and I, there's certain things that I'm, like, definitely, like, yeah, that issue is really important to me. Yeah. At the same time, I think – that it's highly problematic because the one issues that people are holding on to are they're ignoring all these other issues. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm like too liberal in the sense of like I'm pitting my cultural values against somebody else's. Yeah. But I, I think like this goes back to your point at the very beginning of our show today about who's in the White House. Right. Right. So we've said, OK, yeah. we as the country, as a nation have yeah. said, OK, to a man who's a sex offender, who I personally don't think has any kind of like spiritual, moral, like sense of relationship. And oh. I'm going to be that judgy Christian here because like that's me but uh, in this case where like people are like well no he converted he prayed with some like important dudes at one point sure he did okay great but also like I think his religion is himself right I think he cares about himself and and money and looking good and I think we have a pattern so that's not just like oh that's what I thought last year yeah that's like the pattern in his life yeah and And you know what he said about Roy Moore he said, oh I cannot gosh. I cannot yeah. campaign man. for Roy Moore with a good conscience because I believe his accusers. Uh-huh. And I was like, more than twice as many women have accused uh-huh. Donald Trump of sexual misconduct. Mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't even I was like, I had I thought it was an onion article. Yeah, I thought it was like a joke. Yep. I was like, yep. that's a what? Uh, who's your, huh? Yeah. I was so confused. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, how can you how can you say that? You have been accused of why why don't you? What? Like, that doesn't make any sense. When I think about conservative values, too, like, I was raised in a conservative family, and I think there's certain things that I'm very conservative about. And so I think about how do all those values align? And so in that conservatism, okay, fine. Uh, But in that is, like, part of that is, like, caring about people and, like, the family and some of those things. And I think if you believe in the power of the family and, like, keeping people together and and whatnot and, like, freedom of religion and and speech and some of those things— then why the heck are you supporting somebody who clearly doesn't live their life in that way, right? yeah. whether that's the president of the United States right. or, in this case, more? Right. <sighs> it's so annoying, mind-blowing, shameful, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Well, and the hypocrisy is really 
extremely excruciating to witness. Like yeah. that's the part that like the hypocrisy of it is very it's uh it's horrible. So I want to be a little quote unquote understanding here. So um you know why should we Annie? Why should we trust these women that are just now coming out of the woodworks? I mean, if they really were accusations that were really legit, shouldn't they have to come out earlier? I think maybe some of these women are just trying to like get on television and you know like because it's super rewarding to talk That's about an assault a that you had. Question. In life. Hope. Um, I respond to those. I have two part replies. answer. Okay. My first part of my answer is sciency has to do with statistics. <laughs> I'll bring it. So less than 2% of reported sexual assaults have been found. This is statistics based, like local police reports. Um, we'll link to it. Um, have found to be um, false accusations, mm-hmm. unfounded accusations, less than 2%. Two, less than 2%. That means that more than 98% are founded and true when they're investigated. They're not always investigated because sometimes people are afraid yeah. to come forward. Um, sometimes time lessens the, um, pain of coming forward. Mm -hmm. So if you wait longer and you have time to process your trauma, you're more likely to share that information later. That's why it's very problematic that a lot of places have statutes of limitations on things like rape, um, Mm -hmm. that, oh, well the time ran out and you got raped, but it didn't really happen because it was long ago. Like, so so it doesn't count. Right. Um, so that's really problematic. But I mean, the, the fact that, um, that, you know, Roy Moore, especially, I think about the, that example, that now he's in more of a, the public eye in terms of, like, an elevated position of authority mm-hmm. running for Senate, right? If he were elected, he would be in a much more elevated position than he's been in the past, which um, he's had held these positions, like, in the lower level, like, court system in Alabama. But if he is, um, if he is actually, I mean, like, if he is actually in a higher position of authority, you get, you're subject to more scrutiny. Um, and the, the fact that he, him running for Senate triggered these um, incidents, these women who were like, you know what, that's too much. Hmm. Like he is, now he's successful, now he's running for Senate, he might win, right? Like I could see that being a, um, a triggering moment for a woman yeah. to be like, no, F that guy, he raped me in a car. Like he should not be in the Senate, right? I can see that being a thing. And you know, like people may say like, oh, women like would like the attention of being, who wants to be on, te- have the attention being on television, having to go tell yeah. the world, yeah. um, not just in America, because people are following this elsewhere. Like being attacked. That you, yeah. that you were um, molested, mm-hmm. right? Like one of the accusers um, has said that he, um, Roy Moore picked her up from, a, it was like a dependency hearing Ugh. at a courthouse when she was in eighth grade. Ugh. And molesting her in a car. Like, I mean, I don't, okay, why would she, why would she lie about that, right? And then you think, it makes me sick because it's like, we work so hard to make sure our kids are safe. And then there are people like that who are positions of authority who are supposed to help kids Mm. who are hurting them. And it's like, no, no, you don't get to do that because like, that is, you're disgusting. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes me so mad. I'm like, that's our whole job is to protect kids. Right. Yeah. I've so I have two kind of questions I've been thinking about yeah. as I've been reading and this stuff's been coming out more and more. Um one, do you think uh that like talking about this more and like having more accusations or um I don't know, there's another word I need here, but um charges, assault charges, uh, do you think talking about it more and having more of these is gonna like lessen the impact in the end? Right? Like pretty soon mm-hmm. it's like it's not trendy, but like, oh well everyone has an assault charge and everyone's yeah. had like a harassment case. And yeah. so, you know, it's just the way things are. I think it depends on a couple of factors. Like if if this kind of if this kind of keeps up and the in the media is still like following it the way like the New York Times is char- making basically a chart, right? Like mm-hmm. and keeping track of like 
that things that that men have been doing that have been hurting women, if they keep that up um, and it's still visible, I think that it could gain steam and it could be something that like as a culture we actually respond to. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it also depends on the fact that like like if it's who do we see go down. Right. Like, for example, Louis C.K., lost contracts, right? Like, like the consequences. So the consequences. We see like, are they people in, actually losing? Yeah, if people lo- actually lose out and it actually has an impact. Yeah, like um, Kevin Spacey lost his Netflix yep. um, house of cards the yeah, next season. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, and if that if we see that happening, I think people are more likely to, um, I don't know, it's more likely to stick around as a thing like um, in terms of whether or not we believe people. I don't know. I, I think it just, if you see someone else who was assaulted have their attacker held to have consequences right you're more likely to um other people are more likely to be like yeah you know mm-hmm. I, I could speak out about what happened to me or um they see other women being really brave and like you know talking about their experiences like that makes it easier for other people down the road so that kind of speaking out makes me think about um the me too movement that yeah happened. and yeah you know it's interesting there's a wikipedia entry already about hashtag me too oh really yeah and even though it just happened in october yeah. it started right so um it's a trend that started basically after weinstein Weins- i never say his name right Weins- weinstein weinstein yeah um i think that's right and so local activists um and particularly an actress so there's a lot of i don't know there's some comments about her uh Alyssa milano basically start publicizing that these yeah. issues were happening and using the hashtag me too. Yeah. And more people started to, to was it kind of jump Milano on that. Or was it, um, what's her face? Tarana um, Burke is also part of it. So she's a local. So according to Wikipedia, <laughs> Tarana uh-huh. Burke was the social activist that started that phrase. Oh, okay. And it, it was popularized by Milano. So I think people were criticizing that um, Milano is a white lady, right? Yeah. So now things are, you know, taken on and getting more popular because of that. Um, but I don't know. What do you think about that trend using Twitter and Facebook as a way to kind of bring these things up and raise awareness? You know, I think that that's actually when I first started seeing that pop up, I think I texted you and I was like, because I think everyone, every woman I know has had some kind of experience with sexual assault or, um, harassment, like even street harassment. Like I say, even street harassment, like it's, it's, it has a huge impact on people's lives, catcalling, like, um, just stuff that it's like, makes you feel unsafe, right. In your own neighborhood. Um, but everyone, every woman I know has had an experience like that. Um, and so I think about Me Too as like as I saw those Me Too hashtags coming up all over social media, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, and just like all of my female friends. And I was like, this is this is really important. Like when it was happening, it felt really important. And I still think it's really important. Um, I, I actually didn't post Me Too, even though I have had experiences with street harassment and assault because I – just like didn't feel safe in the moment to do that yeah. and not everybody's ready to do that just because you didn't post that didn't mean doesn't mean it hasn't happened to you right um yeah. so that was something that like I, i've spent a lot of time thinking about um but I, I think just the fact that it took off so quickly and it like went um i don't know like viral is really the right term for like a hashtag like is that like yeah. the right term but just the fact that it was very um widely distributed that people saw it everywhere um and it opened up a lot of conversations for like, wow, I didn't know that had happened to you too. Like mm-hmm. who assaulted you? Oh, that was the same person who assaulted me. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people making connections about. And I think that that was happening right as um, like the Harvey Weinstein story broke. Yeah. And then it was a flood of other people like saying like, hey, no, me too. Like, yeah, and that's when we started it. to see a lot yeah. of these like um, a lot of these people being a lot of being men being held like accountable for mm-hmm. like, you did these things. That's horrible. Um you need to have consequences. And so I kind of see them as related, but the, the Me Too movement, I feel like it had a huge impact 
real a really fast impact. It was like over a couple of days, yeah. where it was like really intense, and then it kind of went away. But the impact of that really lasted because we're still seeing people, we're coming still seeing forward. news stories, and we're seeing yeah. um, of people being held accountable. We're still seeing like victims coming forward and saying like, yes, that person assaulted me as well. And so I think it was really important to kind of open the door for people to feel comfortable to talk yeah. about it um well yeah. and it kind of makes me think about so i posted it too and i was like debating about posting me too um because i started to reconcile with like well what really counts as assault what really counts as unwanted mm-hmm. harassment and i started having yeah. like that own wrestling in my own mind about yeah. it yeah um and well, i wonder and things how happen to you and you're like that what you and i talked about too like um when you have a when someone hurts you and you're like well was it really that bad yeah you know, and I think that's the way we deal with it, right? We're like, it's yeah. really not that bad, or like, well, everyone yeah. experiences catcalling, so like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, but it is a big deal. But it's a and problem. Like, yeah, and we talked about um, via text the other day, just yeah. kind of the um, what you know, um, the it was a Huff- Huffington Post article about like what yes. what women yeah. do to keep themselves safe, yep. and how like sometimes men don't understand that like sometimes a woman who is being harassed on the street to keep herself safe will like smile. As a person who yeah. is like saying something to her or to like acknowledge them and talk to them, um, because if you don't, they may pursue you more aggressively or um, be violent towards you. Um, yeah, you're gonna try to do whatever it takes to like be the most safe in that case. Yeah, right? exactly. And if that means you're like take you smile at the person who just said that awful thing to you, right? And then like try to move on because yeah. you don't want it to get more aggressive, more intense, right? Uh, more harmful. I don't know if you're willing. You were telling me about an experience. Are you willing yeah, to talk about that a little bit? I, I had a really weird experience actually when I lived in Bellingham um, that I was I was at an intersection in my car and I my car doors were unlocked. It was pretty late. I had just left a friend's house and I was driving home and that's Bellingham. Bellingham's usually pretty safe in terms of, I mean, it's, you know, there's crime there obviously and like, um, but it's, it's usually feels pretty safe like when you're in, in town. And so my car doors were unlocked. I was driving home and um, at a stoplight and this happened all happened so quickly that I didn't really realize like what was going on. But a guy ran up to my car and jumped in the back seat right behind the driver's seat. And I could see him in the rear view mirror. And I was like, I was like, whoa, Terrifying. what are you doing? And he was like, I really need to go to the hospital. And I was like, OK. And then he, he turned his head and he had a shaved head and he had a swastika tattooed oh on his gosh. head. And then I realized like he was high on yeah. drugs. And I don't know. And he was right behind you. He was right behind mm-hmm. me in the seat. And I, I at the time, I think like. Now looking back on it, I think he was he was um, using methamphetamines, and so I was like, um, just based on his behavior and kind of how he was talking and um, his like he was sort of manic. Um, but I was like, uh, I didn't know what to do. I was like, he could stab me. He could he could not. Mm-hmm. He could just choke get back out, out of the car at another yeah. intersection. He could choke me. Like I was like, okay, um, well, let's go. And so I drove, yeah. I drove, I didn't tell you this part. I drove deliberately like 60 <laughs> miles an hour on surface roads. It was like 25 mile per hour neighborhood. And I was going like 55 like, miles an hour. Pulled over by a cop, I was hoping I was, say. I was hoping I would get pulled over. Oh, and so I was like, I was like, That's also what's going on? Are you okay? And like, I was trying, and I was dialing 911 under the seat Holy as I was crap. like driving, but I couldn't feel it. Like I couldn't see what I was, you know, I couldn't, you know, I was so shook up. Um, but I like, Gosh. fortunately, it wasn't that long of a drive, but I got him there. the whole time. He was telling me about how the government put a chip in his head Jeez. and how he was like, um, um, <coughs> how he was like brainwashed and like all these things. And I was like, OK, we're going to get you somewhere safe. We can get some help. He's like, I need some help. Like he was just like very, like very manic. And so got him to the got him to the hospital, into the emergency room, like that covered part. Right. And he, I was like, OK, we're here. And he got out of the car and walked. He closed the door and he walked around my car I, and he looked back at me and he screamed at me what? thank you 
and then okay. ran in through the glass door and like almost knocked the glass door like off the track because he was just like ah um and so I called nine one one and I was like hey this just happened and explain what happened and the nine one one dispatcher was like so he's not in your car anymore and I was like no and she was like so you're not in any immediate danger. I was like, no. And she was like, why did you call 911? We have a non-emergency line. Oh my and I was just God. like, what? Um, but if I had done anything other than like help that guy out in yeah. that situation, I would have been very unsafe for me. Um, so how did people respond when you told them? Um, you know, I drove I my, guess. you know, it's interesting. I actually, the friend whose house I left when yeah. I was going home, I went back to his house and I was like, hey, I really need your help. This thing happened to me just now and I'm really scared. And like the 911 was not helpful. And he was just like, okay. He was actually very understanding. He was like, that's extremely scary. I'm really sorry that happened to you. I found out later that he, um, his dad had like a counseling background. And so he was like, he like grew up like doing <laughs> like counseling. Oh, and so yeah. he was like, he, he just gave me water and he was like, tell me about what happened. So he was really helpful and like a good person to have right after that happened. But other, I had friend, male friends who were like, why didn't you fight back? Why didn't you... <laughs> Why didn't you turn off your car and run away from it? Yeah. Why didn't you um why didn't you tell him to get out? Why didn't you scream at him to get out of your car? And other women I talked to were like, well, that's horrible. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Right? I would have probably done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the Huffington Post article Drive is like, like you sometimes you gotta like be to Yeah, sometimes you've gotta like do the thing that's gonna get you not stabbed. And I was like, that was my situation. Like mm -hmm. and it's an extreme situation because how many times do you have a skinhead you know guy high on meth like jump in your car but like i mean weird crap happens all the time so i don't know i'd i'm here to tell the tale i guess but it's just That's like crazy yeah and i don't like you know i lock my doors now because just out of habit because you know it's just a thing i do and i've had people ask me like oh you you teach in a like a rough area and I, I do rough like air quotes because i'm like yeah rough okay i was in when i got that guy jumped in my car i was in i was in white bread <laughs> Low crime. Yeah. Um, Could happen anywhere. Hippie, hippie, no shoes, Bellingham. Yeah. That wasn't right. in Tacoma. Yeah. So don't be hating on Tacoma. Um, let's take a break here okay. and hear from our sponsors. That sounds great. Our sponsor is your favorite hometown airline and mine, Alaska. That's right. As we say at the top of each episode, we, we fly, fly Alaska. And we fly Alaska because they make flying so enjoyable. From takeoff to landing, we feel taken care of. Totally. You know, I really like that I can use chat apps without having to pay for full Wi-Fi. You know how convenient that is? I like the movies they offer because I can stream them directly to my phone. That's a real win. Ooh, it Take totally in is. one, two, oh, and yes. three. I uh, have a confession, actually. Wait, a confession? It's right really now? important. During an ad for our sponsor? Are you yeah. sure this is the right time? Uh, yes. I wrote a limerick about Alaska Airlines. Oh, no, Doug. Can we just oh, no, cut this? Please. Oh, no, no, cut. no. Oh, hear me out. Please. Cut it. Doug, don't, please. Okay, fine. Okay. That face, though. Okay. What okay. you got? <clears throat> Alaska, I shall proclaim your worth. As your airplanes traverse Starship Earth, I watch an in-flight movie. Your staff is so groovy, <laughs> and it fills up my heart with such mirth. Well, you heard it here first. The first limerick about an airline. I'm Annie. I'm Hope, and, and we, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. To book your next trip, visit alaskaair.com. So um, something that is really important in this, like, I was actually thinking about this, and then I was I was kindly reminded by Doug um, while I was thinking about this, and we were talking about um, sexual assault in the LGBT community and also um, just not... Um, just assault of, like, adults against children, that, like, mm. boys and men are assaulted and harassed. Um, and that is a really serious problem that is not addressed as much as it should be. We focus so much because it's, like, one in, I think, one in three women are sexually harassed or um, assaulted. I think it's one in four 
or one in five boys. Um, the statistics are pretty close, but because of that disparity of it being more girls and women, we yeah. focus so much on that. But it's you can't neglect the fact that yeah. like so many people are hurt by this, and especially I mean we think about um, children, right? Like that's yeah. um, that's a really huge problem. So. There, um, I noticed during Me Too that I had some uh, male-identified friends who had posted something similar. Yeah. And then I had some other male friends who were like, we shouldn't be jumping on other people's hashtags. And there was, like, a lot of back and forth about that. But it's and not jumping on other people's hashtags if you're a male who's been assaulted. Like, yeah. that's, like, that's it's your hashtag, very... too, right? Because you have been, like, you had something horrible happen to you that's, like, yeah. traumatic and that you... That's, you know, well, and I had mixed, I, I was reading the different, you know, viewpoints on it and yeah. I had mixed feelings about it myself, you know, because part of me is like, are we all lives mattering this, right? Yeah. In some ways. And then like, but how do we acknowledge that group as well? Right. Yeah. And so just like you said, it's also an important group. So, so how important. do we make sure that they're yeah. getting attention and awareness yeah. is brought up? And we're not, we haven't even talked about any issues around like trans assaults. Yeah. Um, and well, and the fact that that's a whole thing. The I don't fact even, that boys, I don't feel like boys and, to talk about it. Yeah. Well, the fact that boys and men may not. Um, actually may have lower numbers of like recorded assaults because they're less likely to report. Yep. So yeah. that's something else to keep in mind. It's really important. Um, and you know, in terms of like trans assault, people who are transgender are significantly more likely yeah. to be assaulted. And so that's something just important to keep in mind. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, this is not a, it would be easy to say that this is a problem that just affects one group and it's like, you know, a flash in the pan sort of like this will, you know, it'll get better or whatever, but like it's pervasive. Yeah. You know, and I, well, that goes back to the point about like the culture in our society right now and how talking about things and learning more about it and being educated, I think can help change that culture. Yeah. And so thinking about back to our question about support, I mean, what do you think are some of the ways that folks can, um, we can keep holding each other accountable, supporting folks who are coming out um, about these issues. I'm going to assume that you're not following in the Lena Dunham apologist, rape apologist category. She is the worst. She is just like, oh yeah. Well, she had like, it was, I think it was a writer on her show or, but isn't she super feminist? She's and, super like, feminist. Really changing the um, way it is for like women yeah. in comedy. I'm surprised that she's not um she's not a turf because she's just like the worst. But um she basically just said like um you know you have to like when someone's accused like it could be they could be like someone's friend and like you don't know all the facts and it's like you really don't you really don't know all the facts that is that is true but the kind of pain emotional pain that people go through when they are admitting that 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 they've been assaulted or raped like that that process of like the people go through they're not doing it for fun lena yeah. Dunham. like the victim yeah. of thanks lena your friend yeah. um who you shouldn't consider your friend anymore because he assaulted someone yeah. um or at least like say like i'll be your friend again when yeah. you can like come to terms with the fact that you assaulted someone and like do everything you need to do to like be be at peace with that person and like what you did like don't apologize for them. Yeah, don't say the on, don't don't apologize for his behavior and be like, well, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. And yeah. also, and also, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Sarah Silverman. He was great in this category. Louis C.K. is great in now. this part of aspect of his personality, but he's also, yeah. And people should be held accountable for those things. I think too. Yeah. Right. And I don't. I'm not like advocating for like I don't know some kind of scarlet letter per se, but no. also there should be something and then yeah and then a like, reckoning of some sort and know. like um to to people if you know people who are perpetrators of sexual assault like or who are harassing people or like, if you know that that's something that's happening like it's hard because you may lose that friend yeah right but you should say something to them like you need to tell them they need to stop or like you are treating women this way or treating men or boys mm-hmm. this way like also important to include right men and boys like yeah. if you're doing that that is not um that's not okay, right? Mm. 
it's so hard to call out our friends and family for doing crappy things. Like we all know that because of the holidays. Oh my gosh, the um, holidays, and, right? Yeah. It's not like you're gonna bring this up at the holidays. But also, like I think that's yeah. part in relationship is where we have more safety. So it's weird because it's like we don't want to talk with the people that we care about because it's so awkward and we don't want to quote unquote ruin that friendship, right? Or that relationship. Yeah. At the same time, it's better yeah like if you're not talking to your family and your friends about these kinds of things i mean who's going to talk to them about it and how are you going to like learn from each other right and so i think we should trust those safe places even though they're uncomfortable and first there's certain things i definitely don't talk about over the holidays and bring up but also like in that safe place i should be able to say to a friend like hey i noticed when you said this thing this made me feel this way or like it seemed like it made this girl feel this way or this person feel this way um, and then just kind of channeling that out of love, right? Like out yeah. of – I've noticed um, – one of the things I really appreciate um, some of my male friends as they're kind of wrestling – like they're looking, you know, as outsiders right. in this or like how they're complicit in the system. Um, several of them have responded a little bit differently. And so like I have a good friend who's been posting a lot about it and he's like, man, we yeah. need to like realize this is happening and like stop, yeah. you know, saying that it's like not our fault and then just acknowledge it and listen. And I'm like, yes, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I know another guy who uh, realized some things that he did over his life that he's like – I feel like I need to – I'm still in relationship with those women that I did these yeah. things I shouldn't have done. And, yeah. I, you know, the levels – I did, we didn't get into, like, the levels of degree, but I thought it was interesting that he felt like he should go um, apologize, right, or acknowledge yeah. that he hurt them in this way, yeah. right? And then it's just interesting to see how different people have a way of doing it. But I, I just appreciate that people are doing something yeah. and speaking out about it. I agree. And doing the hard work of, um, you know, kind of um, – I don't know. I don't know. Bettering themselves, being less basic, be less basic, be less, be less basic. Speaking of basic, uh, let's do a quick timeless or terrible. Timeless or terrible. Interchangeable. White ladies. While hope is pulling out of the jar, I will tell you that in the show notes, you need to go read this article about Blake Shelton being named the sexiest man alive, which is a lot of baloney. I can think about all the other people I would rather have be listed as uh, the sexiest man alive. Like who? Uh, like Ryan Gosling. Some people are going to push back on that. I actually am going to pull these from some articles I read. So Ryan Gosling was proposed as one of them. What about Zach Efron? Um, someone said a pinata would be a much better a pinata uh, sexiest would be man. A much better uh, sexiest Mr. Clean man. is also a good option. What about all of the entire, anybody from the Greek water polo team? Yeah, feel National free to water look polo at the team. link there. You should uh, Google that. I definitely am a fan of Idris Elba. I think yes. he ranks pretty top. I never know how to say his name, Mahershala Ali from Moonlight. Yeah. That guy's an amazing actor. He's yeah. he's quite handsome. Of also, course not as handsome also as Also, Sexiest Man Alive, but... like, um, like, try harder because there are several people who have been Sexiest Man Alive multiple times, but only, like, three people of color ever been Sexiest Man Alive. Also, Because only white men can be the right? Man Alive. People Magazine, pick a trans man to be Sexiest Man Alive. That would be really rad and oh, awesome. Yeah. You should do that. Interesting. Yeah. Challenge status quo. Okay, here okay. we go. So, timeless or terrible? White lady vision quest. Think, eat, pray, love. Think the movie Wild. Oh. What are your thoughts? Um, I think those might be. Well, I think the genre of self discovery is timeless. I think the white lady vision quest is terrible, and the reason why is that a lot of times white lady vision quests co opt other people's culture. Like, right. <laughs> like, like, let me go to a foreign country, um, get oh, yeah. dazzled by how exotic oh, yeah. it is, and then I will find this like well of deep like, like going to Nepal. Yeah, and, like, like, like to wear a whatever, yeah, and just being like, you leave, you come home, and you're like, I'm enlightened now. Like, yeah. that's not good. Like, that's terrible. Yeah, if you have an enlightening experience, that's great. But if you're taking someone else's culture and saying, like, I understand what it means to be like, 
in your situation and I empathize like that's beautiful like to be empathetic but also like um to take someone else's trappings of their culture and uh, take them as your own and like Mm. not really do the hard work of like participating in that culture like I'm trying really trying to understand it it's kind of like terrible yeah and the privilege of being like oh I can leave my job right now for a year or six months and just be like traveling yeah all around the world praying whatever laying on a beach cultural appropriation doing things all right let's do one more okay um let me see jar and since we're uh flipping our do your fudging homework interchangeable white ladies i'm just gonna i don't have anything exactly except just to read i'll, I'll link to the new york times article but yeah, just like that's a good idea. being more informed about what's happening right. uh, in our world and like figuring out how to talk about these conversations and just maybe the challenges yeah talk to your family members talk to the people that you care about around you and talk yeah. to them out of love um and, yeah. and see where that takes you and also listen i think yeah. listen to people yeah, I also would say, like, go find some um, – for homework, go find some language to talk about this because I feel like um, while, you know, per- the pervasive sort of, um, you know, talk can- – conversations about like men assaulting women like look up things about toxic toxic masculinity mm. because toxic masculinity is not just a um is not just um dudes like hurting women it's like this whole perpetuating this entire like um inequitable like social structures that um um make certain people that vulnerable to being assaulted or to being hurt or to being and to making some other people like um, I don't know. Just like, like go, go, go look it up. Go, go look up something. Toxic, toxic masculinity. We're really mixing our timeless and terrible and sorry. Homework. Hopefully, you're you're not that confused. You audience. got your homework, and now the last timeless or terrible is landscapes <laughs> with inspirational quotes. Oh, landscapes with inspirational quotes. Does that mean like what does that mean? Like picture a beautiful sunset, and then oh yes, in front of it is a words yeah. like be strong, yeah. smile often, love your neighbors, laugh, laugh, live, laugh, love. Yeah. Timeless are terrible. Uh, dang. I feel like they're very terrible, but also yeah. I secretly love them yeah. too. Because I, I do like a little inspiration and the world's pretty yeah. dark. I mean, we talked about some dark things true. today. Yeah. So if it takes, uh, you know, like a, a, a beautiful backlit cabin and yeah. some trees and then a little like yeah. do hard things, you know, yeah. whatever like right. statement on it. I mean, if you get a little joy out of that. Yeah. I uh, think the quality matters. I think mm. if it's like a cheap like kind of um like knockoff variety of like quotes in front of landscapes that that are on pinterest a lot that you can um you can it can be they can be very underwhelming but if it's a choice quote and it's a really nice picture (laughs) choice quote i think it can be good like desmond tutu quote on this (laughs) yeah yep i think it i think it can work so terrible but we secretly love it Terrorless. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening today, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is part of the Channel 253 Network. Subscribe to the other podcasts Nerd Farmer, Move to Tacoma, Citizen Tacoma, and Flounder's B Team. Bye. Class dismissed. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.